Thank you again for joining us right here on Redeeming Motherhood Podcast. I am so excited because today I have a very special guest, Sheena Afant, who is a incredible friend of mine. Woo. And yeah, um, Sheena's story, it, it shares tragedy and redemption all together. And it's such a beautiful story. And I am so excited for her to share it with um, all of you because Maybe it's going to hit home with you. Maybe it's what you need to encourage a friend of yours um, who might be going through something similar. So um, to start, Shin and I met, what, like 10 years ago now? Yeah, honestly, I would say, yeah, 10's the, 10's the magic number. Yeah, it sounds about right. We met at church. And mm-hmm. even though we've been like thousands of miles apart pretty much ever since I left, um, we've stayed in touch, you know, not all the time, but. I feel like every time I run into you or see you, we just kind of pick up right where we left off and it's, it's an awesome friendship. And I think that is the best of friendship right there. It is. I'll take it a thousand times over. Honestly, I just want to get right into it, Sheena, because I know that you have so much to share, so much wisdom and discernment that has come from your situation. And I don't want to take any time away from that. I want um, the listeners to be able to walk this out with you. Um, so let's go ahead and start. What happened when you became a mom? Well, I became a mom at the very young age of 21. Very young. Very young. I did get married at 18 to the love of my life. We dated in high school. He was the youth pastor at my church and is currently my church still. And, um, you know, starting a family wasn't really, um, the plan right away. Sure. Um, but we were excited about it and, um, we, we weren't going to regret it one bit for sure. So we got pregnant about a year and a half after we got married and about three months after I found out I was pregnant. I also found out that my husband had a, had stage four cancer. Wow. And I think being pregnant was, was a little scary. And I think sure. for any mom being pregnant, whether it was planned or not can be daunting mm-hmm. because it's like, number one, you're growing a life inside of you. Right. Right. <laughs> and you've never done it before. hundred percent. And I think also there's just this unknown that comes with it. Yeah. So to um, couple that with your husband who is now sick and not just sick, but sick with a terminal illness. Right. And um, at the time when I found out, I didn't know um, the prognosis, Mm -hmm. but the, um, just the name cancer comes with it's fears attached to it. Right. So for me, entering motherhood was, you know, very exciting. And I don't want to take that excitement away because even when we did find out his diagnosis, I was still so excited that I was pregnant, but it definitely put a lot more fear in my heart that I just, I didn't know I could, um, experience at the age of 21. Sure. So what, what were those fears? How, how would you describe that? 
especially even like the day you found out, I'm sure a lot of that fear kind of happened immediately, but how would you word that? I mean, the moment we found out, I will say, I remember it was in November. So I found out I was pregnant um, September 11th, actually. Oh, and wow. the reason I remember was because it was, a, you know, it's a very important date right. in our country. Right. Um, and so in November, when we found out, we originally found out that it was not benign. Okay. So for medical terms, benign means non-cancerous, malignant means cancerous. So that's okay. all we knew. And I'll be honest, I was extremely hopeful. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, okay, we can deal with this. You know, it's not benign, but you know, we don't know what kind of cancer it is. We don't know, um, if it can be removed or not, you know, we, we still had, I was still so hopeful and didn't really, um, experience those fears right away until the biopsy, which was done in December. Okay. And in December, when we got the biopsy back and the doctors told us that, um, the cancer basically was the size of a Nerf football. Oh my word. And, um, basically the only way to move forward was to have, um, basically open heart surgery is what it was to remove it. And from there, I knew that this was very serious. And and so fear immediately entered my heart. And I think the hard part of it was, um, we knew what the doctors were saying, but I think as a family, we really did because we didn't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. We tried to protect my husband because he was about to go into this surgery. And even though we had some information we just wanted him to be strong. Yeah. So I felt like I was withholding information from him. And yeah. I, so now I was holding, you know, something that I knew was very scary. Mm-hmm. It was very serious. And he all along just thought, oh, okay, well, once we do the surgery, we'll find out more kind of thing. Right. Wow. And all this, you were in your first trimester, I assume. I was in my first trimester. Wow. Which comes with its own challenges. Its own. And to be honest, I mean, I think the last thing I was thinking about after that biopsy was my pregnancy. Right. Because now the focus shifted. The focus shifted from the excitement of being pregnant to now um, we need to focus on my husband to Mm -hmm. get well. And so that was in and of itself hard. Right. You know? Yeah. How were you able to remain like an encouragement to him during this time? And, and what was his, what were his feelings knowing that you were pregnant and he was facing the word cancer? Cause he didn't know at that time what type of cancer it was or what his chances were necessarily. So What was that journey in your marriage like at that moment? I think for me, I think it's hard. It was hard because um, he wanted the focus to be on me and Mm -hmm. just kept apologizing over Mm -hmm. and over again. And he felt like he was, you know, stealing this beautiful journey that we were on together. 
And I think in, in turn, all I could do was just say, we just need to get you better so that, you know, we can enjoy this together. Right. And so I think I put the focus on him Mm-hmm. And then I think he tried putting the focus on me. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that that's what made it work in the beginning, because um, even though he didn't really have all the answers, he was just so like, no, you know, you're pregnant. This is exciting. He just wanted to keep that the focus. And so for me, the only way I don't know that I could just return it. It's just to be focused on him. And so I feel like everyone was being taken care of in that season in the beginning of that. Did you feel like you were able to celebrate being pregnant or was it, did you almost feel guilty that you could celebrate life in the midst of what your husband was going through? Honestly, I, um, I didn't, I, I just, I did feel guilty. Yeah. I felt like I, if I put the focus on me for one minute, I was being selfish Yeah, because here I am, you know, dealing with my spouse who is supposed to, you know, be my partner and Mm -hmm. it's just supposed to be exciting. Um, and that wasn't the case anymore. And I think I was so young that I, I felt like I didn't know how to navigate between the two. Right. Um, and, you know, now fast, you know, being in a different season completely, I can see I was just doing my best Yeah, and, and really, and really, um, allowing the grace of God to just move in that season. Um, but yeah, I felt really guilty yeah. and I didn't want to talk about it Sure, because um, it was just like, in his mind, it was, um, you know, this should, this should be all about her, but he's feeling what he's feeling. Right. And in the unknown of it all too, like here, I'm a provider, I'm going to have to take care of this baby. And I'm supposed to be taking care of my wife. And, and all I can think about right now is my health. Will I be able to do that? All those questions were there for him. And I think for me, it was just taking one day at a time with myself and with him. Mm -hmm um, just to get through that. Yeah. What gave you hope during that period, even hope in, in the pregnancy and knowing what was to come, what did you cling to? Oh my goodness. Uh, the word of God, I literally have my Bible open because I, the only thing I could do when I felt hopeless Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it was a, it was a long journey. Um, and it, it honestly progressively got worse. And wow. so, you know, what started in November, you know, those were the easy months. Right. So as my pregnancy, um, you know, as everything shifted in pregnancy and as I was getting bigger each month and pregnancy was progressing, so was his health. Wow. And um, in, in the cancer itself. Right. So the word of God is just all I could cling to. I mean, there would be times where I couldn't pray. Mm-hmm. Thank God that the word of God says that he sings over me. Right. <laughs> like, cause I couldn't do it. Right. And all I could do was just open up the word and just highlight scripture. Yeah. And then at, at some points read it. If I had the strength to do it. 
And so I remember one verse in particular um, in Jeremiah, mm-hmm. in Jeremiah 15, 11, um, when Jeremiah was complaining to the Lord, the yeah. first thing that the Lord responded to Jeremiah was, I will take care of you. Wow. That's all that I that's, to you. That was all I highlighted was wow. I will take care of you. And I knew that I was going to be taken care of. Yeah. And that's all I had to cling to was him and the word. And I knew that I was in the best hands and that's what I had to really uh, say over and over again, even with my husband is he's in the best of hands Yeah, and it can't be mine. It has to be the Lord's. What an, an ability to be able to release and like the grace that even had that to be able to kind of let go and just say, God, I'm just going to trust you because this is what your word says. And it's all I have to give me hope. Yeah. That was wow. it. So fast forward a little bit through your pregnancy journey and um, kind of how did that story work itself out? So, you know, um, I, after I had Sydney, I think it's beautiful because he named her. That's awesome. You know, my husband named her and actually before the open heart surgery, we knew that she was going to be a girl. Wow. And, um, before he went into surgery, we had a couple of names picked out and he said, right before he went in, he's like, I think I want to name her Sydney. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He said, um, and also a scripture that the Lord kept reminding me about was Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. And I, for some reason, I was like, let me just look up what Sydney means. Yeah. And as I was looking, um, it means a wide meadow. Wow. And so in Psalm 23, it talks about the green pastures and the still waters. And all I kept thinking about was Sydney was just a constant reminder really of the joy that he was about to bring. Yeah. And the peace that he was about to bring and the gift that he was about to bring. And it was going to bring, um, it was going to bring us peace. Yeah. And so after I had her, um, it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. I felt by myself, mm-hmm. um, as, as the cancer progressed in him, he just became, um, he wasn't able to help a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he became, you know, bed bound and, um, you know, it was just me yeah. and in Sydney and other people helping out. But I think after he, and he did end up passing. Mm. So Sydney was about 18 months old. Wow. And, you know, the way that the story kind of redeemed itself was, um, number one, that I had this gift. Yeah. And I think, you know, motherhood, I mean, my Lord, it's filled with all the things, right. You know? <laughs> and even, even when everything is good, right. It is just so stressful. And sometimes the very things that we end up praying for are the very things we're needing prayer for now. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like we, yep pray for this child or we pray for these things to happen in our life. And once they come now, they become prayers. Right. And so for me, um, 
you know, the re- part of the redemption um, and part of what God did through all of that was he really gave me a gift yeah. in Sydney and um, in being able to mother her. Right. So how have you managed those conversations with Sydney? Because Sydney is how old now? She is 13. 13, which is teenager, which is absolutely insane. When Sydney was what, probably like five or six, we would always call each other sister. Oh, and she so, still does. I know. I she love still it. Does. I love it so much, but it's just crazy how much time just, it just goes. And um, I know that probably throughout the years you have had to think about how am I going to have these conversations with my daughter? How am I going to share this, keep her dad alive with her and help her just to know who he was? How did you manage all of that? I mean, I think when I look at my own life and mm-hmm. the tragic things that I've been through, um, I just, I, I took bits and pieces of what um, helped me and maybe things that weren't done Mm-hmm. And I had to make a decision um, to how I'm, how I'm going to move forward with this with yeah. her. I've, I've never, it's the first, you know, I've never had a spouse die. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the eight, I was 22 years old when he died. Wow. And so, um, and I will say that, man, that was something that that wasn't planned as well. Right. It was not something I saw coming. Mm-hmm. It was the greatest fear of my life. I never wanted to be a single mom. It was the scariest thing because that's what I went through with, um, with my family. My mom was a single mom. And so, you know, having these conversations with her and and managing all that is honestly just being as open as possible. Mm -hmm. I remember I prayed, um, from the time she was 18 months until the time it was confirmed to me when she was three years old. Mm-hmm. I just said, Lord, bring back to remembrance every moment that she had with her dad. Wow. I never want her to feel like, um, I don't know that she was not important. I didn't want her to feel alone. I didn't yeah. want her to feel, um, you know, like this was planned. I just, I wanted her to have every memory she could of her dad, mm-hmm. if the Lord would do it. Right. And I remember at three years old, I had, we had, I had just moved into a new house. So my pictures were put away mm-hmm. and I hadn't put these pictures out, but for her first birthday, I have a picture of her dad, um, putting like the, the icing from the cake, like on her face, like on her, on her mouth to eat yeah. it. She didn't want to put her hands in it for her first birthday. Yeah. And out of nowhere in the back of the car at three years old, Sydney says, mommy, you remember when daddy put the frosting on my face? Wow. And, and then she specifically said, you remember it was a Minnie Mouse cake and oh, it was word. a Minnie Mouse cake. And so I think that was even the Lord showing me, like, like you said in Jeremiah, Mm -hmm. he said, I will take care of you. Yeah. And I think that that is a moment that I'll always remember and cherish. And she may not remember it now, but she Mm -hmm. has pictures now. She's older now for me to tell her that story. But in the moment, it was so, 
special to me and confirming to me like, Hey, I'm still taking care of you. Yeah. And so even now she, I mean, we talk about him all the time, but she just acted, um, at church for, for kids comp. Mm -hmm. And, um, she looks so much like her dad, the mannerisms that she has, it is mind boggling that, you know, she didn't really know him. She was 18 months when he passed and she's doing the things that he would do. It's so sweet. The way she moves her hands. And so we talk about it. I'm like, Sydney, you look so much like your dad. And it's the way you manage it is it, it has to come from a place, um, of joy and not mm-hmm. sadness. Yeah. And I think there's a time for that. There's a time where you can talk from sadness mm-hmm. and then there's a time where you can speak from joy. And I think both in this instance are fine. Right. But I think as you talk about it, the sadness begins to turn into something beautiful. The sadness begins to turn into joy, not the tragedy. Right. You'll never, the, the tragedy could never actually turn into something. I'm never going to see him back on this earth again. Right. He's never going to be a father to Sydney on this earth. Mm-hmm. So that part, it's not going to turn beautiful. Mm-hmm. But what he does with my sadness yeah. <laughs> can turn into something beautiful. Yeah. And I think as I've talked to her about it over the years, it's, it's gotten a lot, um, it's gotten less sad mm-hmm. and you know, we can laugh about him. Um, we can talk about him more, but I will say I am prepared if she has seasons of sadness. Right. Right. And because I walked through it and I talked through it. Yeah. And so for her, you know, if that season does come, um, I'm prepared to walk with her, you know, in that season as well. That's so beautiful. Cause I know, um, you know, so many people lose, I don't want to say so many, but there's a lot of people who have lost a parent. And Mm -hmm. I think the hardest thing to hear is when they weren't able to heal or process or talk about them Mm -hmm. because it just kind of gets buried so deep. And then it just, it becomes a part of their life that is never worked through. Mm-hmm. And probably just remains the tragedy with, with no light around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's absolutely incredible and so strong and wise and intentional of you to not only talk about him constantly, but also to say, I'm prepared for the day that she might go through this, that I can walk it out with her because I've been there and I've processed and I've healed so that I can do that for my daughter. And yeah. I just think that is, that is the beautiful and challenging part of being a parent because we we wear that responsibility and that intentionality has to be a part of our life and our stories that yeah. we will do the hard work so our kids learn how to do the hard work and can be better you know beyond what we were able to do um, sure. so I think that is absolutely incredible um but I know our guests don't know but I know that your story has completely been changed and redeemed and God has done so many incredible things. So, um, you got to become a mom again. I did. You did. And how was, I mean, you could tell us definitely you got married, tell us that story, but I want to know how was becoming a mom again, the, the whole even maternity process, how was that the second time around? And how do you feel like God 
genuinely redeemed that excitement and that journey? Didn't think I was going to cry. Um, so I remarried mm-hmm. about three years after my first husband passed three and a half years and he's incredible. Mm-hmm. And that's a story in and of itself, but we waited, um, four years, um, before we got pregnant again and it was planned. Nice. So already there's a difference. Sure. And it was planned and it was exciting. And I will say that the moment I got pregnant, um, and I don't know how this pertained to your viewers, but the mm-hmm. first thing that went through my mind was I'm pregnant with another man's baby. Mm, wow. And that was hard to digest. Sure, sure. It was another part of grief that I'd never experienced. Um, wow. And in healing from, right. Again, it had, this was the first time it was happening. Mm -hmm. And so, but as I processed through that, you know, it was a dream. It was just God fully redeemed that part of my life. My pregnancy was absolutely amazing. It was incredible. I, you know, um, my husband's name is Juan and he was with me for every appointment. I love that. Um, which that wasn't the case before. Sure. Um, even like, I, I don't, I don't remember a lot of my first daughter's movements Mm -hmm. because again, my focus was on something else. Right. But I remember all the movements with my second And I remember everyone was just like, oh my gosh, you're going to have a boy. You're going to have a boy. Everyone and their mother (laughs) prophesied this baby was going to be a boy. And I said from the very beginning, and I was the only one that said, no, it's a girl. Yeah. I just had, I just had a feeling and I'm not, I don't want to be God over my own life, but I just was like, God, you are a redeeming God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is part of the redeeming story, the redemption story. It just has to be a girl. Just yeah. has to. And sure yeah. enough, it was a girl. That's awesome. <laughs> and I just like, I walked out of there again, just with more confirmation. Like, you know, you can say all day that God is a redeeming father, that he's a redeeming God, mm-hmm. that, but until you live it, right. You know, in, in those moments, it just, it's just another it just confirms who he is all over again. It confirms his character all over again. Of course. And so, um, my Lord, she was just a dream girl and the pregnancy was beautiful. My delivery was beautiful. I had a home birth, Mm -hmm. which was crazy because my husband was in the (laughs) hospital. Right. And I loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. I felt in control, which that was another part that I didn't feel the first time. Right. And, um, she just, it, it was just magical. There's no other way around it. That's incredible. And, um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely amazing. I love that. Um, I love that for you. I love that for people to hear, um, because it can, especially when you're in the thick of tragedy or, you know, just feeling like, will I ever get to enjoy 
motherhood. Will I ever get to go through this again? Or everyone's story is going to be different and everyone's redemption story is going to be different. But I think the overall heart and the hope of God redeems no matter what. And, and the redemption redemption might look a little different, but he'll still do it because that's we'll who it. he is and yeah. that's what he does. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I know, I know that I know that there's a mom out there who needed to hear this and is just going to feel so heard and just free and released to process and heal the way she needs to because she, she has an example before her of someone who's been able to do that. And so I thank you for sharing your story, um, for being vulnerable, for trusting God in, in the process. And I'm sure there were times where it wasn't easy, but you fought the good fight and you continued forward and you are setting a legacy for Sydney and Adelaide and, you know, for the generations that follow. Um, but to close, I would love to hear what is what would you say to a mom who is going through your similar story coming out from where you are now? What would you tell her? What would you tell yourself? Mm. Man, I think community is everything. Sure. I think the word of God is your solid foundation mm-hmm. and you're going to lean on it and you're going to continue leaning on it. I think reminding yourself every day that you have a God who sees you, who knows you, uh, you know, the moment that my husband passed, I remember it was very hard to say out loud, but I remember saying, um, I'm in, I'm in the best hands that I could be in. I'm in the best hands that I could be in. And, um, you're being in community is everything reaching out, even when you don't want to reach out, mm-hmm. um, reminding yourself that it's okay <laughs> to be sad. Sure. It's okay to have those moments. It's okay to talk about it. However long you want to talk about it. It's okay to seek help. Mm-hmm. I even think, um, you know, in, in motherhood, when it's, when it's normal, I think motherhood is such a drastic change that we go through that it's okay to seek help Mm -hmm. even when it's healthy right especially when it's when it you know hasn't been when it's unhealthy let's just let's just say it like that you know when it's been an unhealthy process it's Mm -hmm. okay to seek out help yeah and um and just be reminded that god is faithful and he's going to see you through it he's going to walk through it with you. He's not going to leave you alone in the lion's den. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to leave you in the pit. He yeah. is going to walk there right beside you. That's awesome. I love it. I know it's an encouragement to um, people who are going through what you've gone through, but it's an encouragement to the rest of us because like you said, motherhood is a drastic change. And as much as people can help prepare you for it, as many books as you read or blogs as you read, vlogs you watch, you just don't know until you know. And so always finding community, always bringing everything before Jesus and just asking him for the grace. Um, and he does give it somehow, some way he gives it. And we, we wake another day and we're like, I love this kid still. Like what is life? Yeah. (laughs) It's a beautiful gift and we thank God for it. Um, but Sheena, thank you so, so, so much for joining 
um, us today for being a voice on redeeming motherhood and just being an encouragement uh, to moms out there. You are a beautiful mother and woman and businesswoman and all of it. And I'm just so proud to have you as a friend. Thank you so much for having me and um, letting me share this story. I know that it isn't, you know, just for me, it's for a lot of mommies out there. So thank you for having me. Happy to. All right. Thank you again for joining us on Redeeming Motherhood. And we'll talk next time. Bye.